Welcome to episode 253 of Coffee Pods and Wads. Rad-global.com is where you'll find details of Rad's next launch, which is going to be that tasty little CrossFit South Brooklyn black and gum number that they had there at the weekend in New York. Uh, tomorrow, 13th of October um, for North America and the 14th of October for the UK. So rad-global.com for that. Rain Body Fuel have just been announced as sponsor of Wadapalooza, as well as supporting Filthy 150 next weekend here and supporting Heats of Athletes as well which is always great to see fitter are supporting coaches globally who want to give their clients the best possible platform to work off whether you've got 10,000 or 10 clients this is the platform that you want so you can go to get.fitter.training to find out more on that whoop are also headed for filthy 150 next week and they're keen on helping you improve your recovery and potential by tracking all sorts of metrics join.whoop.com forward slash cpw for savings go wad is the original and best mobility test test and improve your mobility in the app store or the play store now with a free trial and access to a seemingly endless uh, library of protocols to prepare and recover like the very best in the sport now the news also many competitions lskd are the new kids on the crossfit scene and they are going in hard focusing on community and looking good uh, you can go to lskd.co for a goo on there uh, butchers classic was on at the weekend christoph horvath and yella hostick came out on top they were ahead of morris freiberg and felix render in second and victor scott and Holger Schwartz in third. Uh, on the women's side then, Susan Treppner and Marin Haberstroh came in third behind a prepared team of Antonia Falt-Kotolinski and Mia Hesketh with Veslamoy Kolstad and Runa Egeland taking first place. Butchers is an epic looking event and it's on every year and it's an old school comp to keep an eye out for. You can go to Butchers Classic on Instagram to keep an eye out on that. Marbella Championships are on as well. David Sharenke, who seems to really like competing in Spain, took first place on the men's side over Fernando Laneza and Owen Roberts and Karen Frey pipped Emma Tall and Ella Canona Vunger on the female side, Marbella Championship for next year's dates, which are soon to be released. And closer to home, EST28 had a competition at the weekend. Wolfhound Fitness with Katie Healy, Mark and Joe Nangle stepped on top of the podium ahead of an EST team of Brendan Merkin, John O'Hare and Lucy McGonigal. And a tie for third place with the Hybrid Academy team of Ty Carroll, Keelan Coleman and Daniel Crawford and Janine McGrath in between two slices of Lawless with Tyg and Craig uh, standing in third spot on the podium. It looked like an epic competition, a great format with a mixed team of three, which is interesting. If you're looking for a competition and you're in the States, CrossFit Charlotte and Taylor Self have the Charlotte Classic coming up in November. CrossFit Charlotte Classic on Instagram for details on that. You know Taylor, you know he loves programming, so you know it's going to be epic. It's November 18th for a three-day competition. Today's guest is no stranger to competitions. Jorge Fernandez just qualified for Rogue Invitational, having finished third in the Affiliate Cup with Invictus. He is strong as... Uh, he's just really strong, and he's also got a great story to tell. Enjoy, listen, share, and tag. Thanks uh, for coming on. It's great to get to talk to you. Um, you've had a hell of a year. Uh, we'll we'll cover some of the stuff, and you've more coming, uh, in fact, as well. But we'll cover some of that stuff in a little while. Um, what, you're in San Diego, is it? Yeah, yeah, I'm in San Diego, California. And have you, are you from there? No, so I'm originally from Texas. Um, what okay. brought me to Diego was playing baseball. Uh, I came to college here at SDSU, and then I ended up staying. Okay, so you're obviously good at baseball. Yeah, yeah, baseball. Um, right. Oh, I have questions about baseball, but I'm conscious of making myself sound like a moron by asking <laughs> them. 
Um, so we don't we don't really have baseball. We have uh, rounders. <laughs> rounders. That's like we play that in. Yeah, it's like shit baseball. So it's. Um, you surely have rounders in the states, or oh, maybe you don't. I don't know. But it's, you play it in school, and it's just like there's a ball, a batter. You throw the ball. You can do kick rounders as well, which is why I could a football. I, I've already lost one of this episode altogether. Fuck it, I'll keep going. Um, and you run to like bases and then the next person kicks or hits and then they run. And if you catch the ball, if you catch the ball with two hands, the person that hit it is out, if it provided it doesn't hit the ground. Uh-huh. And if you catch with one hand, the whole team swaps. So like oh. the... Is it kick? Um, yeah, you can do it, it, you can do kick rounders, but you can also do it with like a tennis racket or like a hurl, and how which big is, is like... Um, like soccer ball sized. Ah, okay, okay. okay. Or te- or you use it like a tennis ball, like one yeah. or the other. That's cool. You don't, kick that... the, you don't kick the tennis ball, and you don't use a tennis racket on the big ball. Yeah, <laughs> Both okay. of those are recipes for disaster. Um, but yeah, that's so that that that's um, that's my common ground with baseball. I was at a baseball match once in uh, Chicago, and I didn't have a fucking clue what was happening. Like. It's. Yeah. I know it is really long. Like it, it lasts a long time, and yeah. I assume usually when you go to like a stadium or something, you're like, got my ticket, got my seat, but like we went in and it was just like, where do you go? Oh, wherever. It was like, oh okay, and then just like wandering. Event. We just kind of stood at a wall for a while, and then someone was like, that's my spot, and we had to move. Like so, and eventually we found seats, but like, it's. So there's like innings and stuff. How many innings is there in general? Nine, nine innings. Yeah, and, and is each... that is that an inning is like one team is doing one of the jobs, and then when you swap, it's a new inning or no? Yeah, no, no, no. It's the same inning. So in one inning, both teams get to hit. So it's like when one's hitting the bait, the ball, the other's defending it, and then yeah. which in the same inning, and once both of them have gone, then they move on to the next inning. Okay, so you do like nine times each. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And how do how is it? How many people you is there a certain number of people you uh, not you put out in order to cause the switch, or is it time? So it's three outs. So okay. for instance, you're doing the kick or the whatever you're doing. If <laughs> whatever whatever baby shit you're doing. <laughs> no. So for instance, like if if I go up to hit and I kick it and they catch it, that's an out, right? Yeah, yeah. Or if you, you miss get, it three times, you get three of those before you switch. Okay. Or you can yeah. get or strike strikes is baseball, really, isn't it? That's the most common way of getting knocked out, probably, is it? Well, it takes three strikes for one out. Yeah. And total outs. So yeah, it's like striking out. If you miss it, that's one strike. If you miss it again, that's another. If you miss it again, that's three. So one out. And does anything happen if you uh, if you're batting and you hit the ball and someone catches it? in the air does that matter no it just means yeah. you get it back quicker that's an out oh okay yeah yeah that's one out yeah oh that makes all of those videos i've seen of people doing extraordinary catches way yeah. more impressive then okay right 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 yeah, and then okay. so like you know how you kick it and you run to a base yeah yeah let's say they don't catch it in the air but it like it's hit to me and it's like on the ground and i pick it up and i throw it to the base before the runner gets there that's an out okay and what if you, is there, because in the game, um, I might just edit all of this out. In the game, <laughs> in the game where 
uh, that we play, if there's so, say if you are running and I have the ball, I can throw the ball at you and hit you and knock you out. <laughs> no, you can't throw it at the person. Could I touch you with the ball? No. Yes, you could touch it. Yeah, you could touch. That's an out if you touch somebody. Okay. You just can't throw it at them. Yeah. I mean, tech, like I'm a teacher, so I, I play this game with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play with them. I'd fucking destroy them. But I play, <laughs> <laughs> I help them to play it. Um, but yeah, one of the first, anytime we're playing, it's like we're, I remember when I was a kid, you were allowed just like fuck the ball at someone from across. And if it hit them, it was like, yeah, you're out. Whereas now it's like, that's not a rule. Cause like you're so health and safety cottage. You're like, if someone gets hit with a ball. I'm got, I'm dead. That's- so yeah, we, yeah, we use that. Um, we use that safety rule as well. Um, and how did you start playing baseball then? Was that, was that in your, um, was that big in the town you grew up in? Was it big in your family or how did that happen? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I started playing all kinds of sports when I was a kid. I played baseball, football, soccer, you name it. I was out there. Um, but I really enjoyed baseball. And it was like something me and my dad bonded over. So I just continued to play from when I was a kid. Into, I brought it into middle school and then high school. Um, and then I, after high school, I decided to get really serious on it. So I just kind of like reached out to colleges and stuff. Um, and then one college picked me up, uh, Texas State in uh, San Marcos, Texas. Uh, they gave me a walk-on spot. So walk-on spot is just like no money given, just like a free ride. Like, come on, you can try out for our team in the fall. And then if you okay. make, um, then you'll continue to play for us. Um, so that was my freshman year of college. I ended up not making the team because I wasn't developed enough. Um, I kind of got into the party scene and like the girls in college. So I kind of like got distracted. You did, you did college the right way. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did college the right way. I just wasn't very distracted and I didn't end up making the team. Um, and yeah, so like it was like the biggest thing that happened to me. I went home. I was like crying like because I was always like the captain on my baseball team, stuff like that. So it was a huge hit that I took. Um, so yeah, I went home, I cried and then I emailed a bunch of smaller schools and and said, Hey, you know what, if you're going to do this thing, like you're going to jump in, you're going to stop all this, like the partying and everything that college had to offer. So, uh, one school gave me a shot and I ended up going and then it opened the door to come here to SDSU. And yeah, since then I've just been here, I've been here for five years now. Um, um, no. I don't want to get into semantics again on something else. We've already done a deep dive into baseball, but Mm -hmm. college sports in America really confuses me because in Ireland, for example, if you go to like a university or whatever in Ireland, you do like four years, three years or whatever, and then you're done. And if you want, you can do like a master's or something if you want, Mm -hmm. but that's it. Whereas in America, it seems like you go to one college for a while and then you go to a different one, especially when you play sports. There's a lot of people say like, oh, I went to this school and then this school and then this school. How like is that because of scholarships and stuff or what? Yeah. So it's like, I mean, there's different factors that play into it. Um, Let's say, for instance, you go to a college, right, and you really dislike it. You don't like the coaches. You don't like the players. You don't like the way they run their program. You're allowed to transfer to a different college, Um, obviously like a a ton of stuff you have to apply for the new college you have to get accepted their coaches have to accept it um or there's other ones where it's like like my instance my freshman year they said hey you're not good enough to play here um so i took it upon myself like okay if i can't play here i'll start at a smaller school a smaller school 
and grow, develop, work my way up, and then eventually go to a Division One school, like a better school. Um, what What did you do in school? Like, what were you learning about? So I was studying business uh, back before I transferred over to San Diego State. So business marketing, um, and then San Diego State here in San Diego was the only college that said that everything would transfer over. I was recruited by a, a, a ton of schools after I went to the smaller college. So I got a chance to choose between like 40, 50 schools. Um, but this one said, hey, we'll accept everything, come on over. And then that's what brought me here to San Diego. Um, yeah, because it's interesting. Like, did you care Did you care much about the, like the books side of it? Because like say there when, yeah, because even when I'm asking about it, you're like, well, you the coach says this and the players, and then what do you think of the coach? You never mentioned like your yeah. lectures or anything else. Never, no. So I wasn't really, I mean, I got school. I got great grades. Um, yeah. I think I graduated with a 3.7 out of college, which it's out of a 4.0. So it's a top score. Yeah. Never really interested in school. I, I mean, I love sports. I've always loved sports since I was a kid. And it was just like, my goals were always involved in that. And it was never in school and never, I always like, I'm very good with like business and stuff on the outside. Um, I love real estate, stuff like that. So it's like, that's kind of like maybe in the future yeah. right now, take advantage of like my athleticism and my, like my health and stuff. So as long as I could do the sports stuff, then I'm, I'm happy with. So, um, and where did CrossFit factor in then? How did you, how did you find that? Yeah. So, um, I injured my right elbow, so I put ligament in my elbow when I was uh, playing baseball. Are you? Were you a pitcher? Yeah, I was a pitcher. Okay. Uh, so I was a pitcher, and I was going to get drafted. I had numerous uh, scouts and stuff calling me. Drafted means they come, like the Major League Baseball team, um, they pay you some money to eventually go into the organization and then play on TV and stuff. Um, so the pros, pretty much. Um, so I tore my elbow my junior year of college and it's, it's a huge deal to tear cause it takes like two years to come back from it's a long rehab. Um, so I just kind of said, Hey, you know what? I'm done with baseball. I'm going to retire. I kept pitching throughout my senior year. So for a full year I pitched on it. I just wasn't throwing as hard. Yeah. Um, and then everything ended. Like once I decided to retire, college ended, baseball ended, and I was just sitting in my apartment never i had never been in that position like just sitting around like okay what's my next move um so i got really depressed really anxious like i'd just sit there and not do anything i wasn't working out um and then i was actually walking around downtown san diego and i walked into invictus um and i just kind of looked around and i was like man this is awesome i've never seen a gym like this um crossfit i, I had seen it but i didn't really like pay any attention to it um and so when i walked in i tried a free week and then I didn't have the money to pay for it. So I left for another six months. And then eventually, like I said, hey, you know what? Like you need to start setting goals and stuff. So I, I set a goal of going to the gym at least once once a day. And then I signed up and started taking the group classes at Invictus um, and then slowly built my way. I started this in 2019. So three years ago, three and a half. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. And I, I think I got that feeling of like competition in the classes and like trying to beat my like the people in the take the members taking the classes and stuff. And then it just like slowly built up. Um, I 
then went in from the group classes into the competition classes, which kind of prepare you for if you're trying to compete. Um, and then, yeah, I, I fell in love with it. So I emailed Tino Marini, which was my first coach there at Invictus. And I was like, hey, you know what? I don't care how long it's going to take. I'm willing to sacrifice everything. I want to compete and I want to be on a, a team Invictus team. So, um, yeah, he gave me the opportunity. I started training around like Lauren Fisher, Rasmus Anderson, Eric Carmody. And yeah, it's just from then on, it's got me to where I am right now. So the, we've, there's a, a lot, we zoomed past a lot of stuff there that I want to, uh, so yep. that, that injury, I'm assuming that's really common in pitchers, is it? Yes. It's, it's actually called Tommy John surgery. So, um, it's that famous that it was given a name for the first okay. person the surgery, Tommy John. And it's just excessive use, I assume, is it? Yeah. So it's just, it's, so a pitching motion is unnatural. Um, so it's yeah. putting a lot of strain on the elbow. Um, and yeah, over, over time, like it just can't handle that load. And so it just explodes. And what happens is if you see there's a ligament that runs across this way, it just shoots up and oh, it shit. doesn't attach. Like you have to take some from your hamstring and then they go in there and sew it and stuff. Um, yeah. So it's just overuse. It just, it kind of explodes. Um, and does that affect you with like say butterfly movements or anything like that? Yeah. So actually, no, like ever since I sat down, I was like, Hey, the doctor said I need full reconstructive surgery. He's like, it's never going to reattach again. Um, we need to pull from your hamstring. We need to sew it back and then you need to do the rehab. And I'm a huge believer in like the body healing itself. I've, I don't recommend it to like anyone and stuff, wh whatever anyone wants to do, but like, I've always handled my injuries. Like, okay, I analyze it. I kind of like think about it and then I just do what I can it's a rebuild um so yeah i ended up doing that i said i'm not getting the surgery i'm just going to try to build everything around it so i build my bicep and forearm and ever since then it hasn't given me any problem i don't feel it in chest the bar i don't feel it in overhead squats nothing uh snatch which is pretty crazy unattached I, yeah i'm just imagining a bit of ligament just like flapping around <laughs> so the biggest thing about it is is it shoots this way but if you were to push against my elbow this way, it, the bones are like this, it opens up like that. Cause there's oh, no wow. holding it. So it's, it's weird to me that it just never has like bothered me. Cause that's a, a big thing. Like the bones should not be opening like that. It should be attached. Yeah. Like even just under a severe, like if you think of like split jerk or, or you know, anything severe load or snatch, like aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's what uh Brooke Wells ended up doing was like, through a snatch, there was just so much pressure in that position. So yeah. yeah, it's weird to me that I've never really felt it. Yeah. Um, what about then your parents and like when, when you finished baseball and you finished college and you had that kind of listless, like that kind of dip, um, were, were you, was staying in San Diego, was that like, I'm happy here, I want to stay here? Were you like, oh, maybe I should go back to Texas? Were they saying maybe you should come back to Texas? Because I know that kind of, that's where parents tend to get kind of angsty, where they're like, oh, we need to do something, we need to help. Yeah. Honestly, I have the best parents in the world. Like, they've always been super supportive of anything I do. Um, and they know I'm going to figure it out. Like, I've always figured it out on my own. Um and at that time, I, I couldn't tell you, I was I, like, when I tell you I was sitting on the couch and had zero idea or plan on what I was going to do, I genuinely had that. Like, I didn't know I've, I like Invictus is what saved me, I'd say, because 
there was nothing I was doing. Like I was, I was just sitting there. Like I didn't know what to plan. Um, all my eggs were in the basket of, Oh, I'm going to end up going pro in baseball. And then for that to just be taken away and just sitting there like, okay, well, I've never really had a plan outside of baseball. Um, so yeah, like my parents would just like, I'd call them and they'd, they'd just be like, yeah, you'll figure it out. Like you always have, like, just continue to like, wake up, do your thing, um, get into your routine and stuff. And then, yeah, that's what I'm saying. When I walked around downtown and found that gym, like now it feels like, okay, everything was supposed to happen. I'm supposed to be here. But at the moment I had zero, zero idea on what I was going to do. How long are we talking? Like how long was that dip? It, so it, it was about six months before I found Invictus and then I and then another six months and then another so about a year of like not knowing what to do yeah because I only went for a week and I couldn't afford it and so I knew I was huge in, into fitness and and I knew that that was kind of like a, a little a small guide so at the time I was like okay well I'll just study some personal training certs or something yeah so I was like doing it, but I just had no motivation. So I'd be like online trying to learn this cert. And yeah, so it just Invictus for sure saved me on that. Yeah, because those days like the, I think everybody, well, most people anyway, at some point in their life have those days where they're just like, you know, like you finish your breakfast or whatever. You're just like, right. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just vapid. There's just nothing there. There's no like there's just no you're rudderless like you know there's just nothing yeah um god it's and, so lucky that you found it because and it was it was even worse on me because so i had always been in sports and i'd been the, the team captain and and just like i had all the accolades and, and stuff like that and just to be sitting on the couch and watching like all my collegiate uh old teammates like getting drafted and going mm. pro and like i just be watching them like succeed in everything that i wanted so it was even worse for me like i'd just be sitting there i'm like dang like i never made it like i it was really it was a really hard time for me um i had my ex and i had just broken up as well so it's like i lost my ex-girlfriend i lost school i lost baseball i lost and I, yeah it was it was tough yeah how tough are we talking? Are we talking like properly dark or are we talking like, oh, I was lonely. Do you know what I mean? It was, I mean, it's just like, like me, I was always on a high of sports and I'm, oh, I'm a D1 baseball player. I can do whatever I want in this college. Like I can, to go from having everything like that to like sitting here and not having an idea of anything was huge for me because i had never been in that position so it was like mm. it was dark i'd be alone i was alone for pretty much the entire year like i didn't have friends all my friends had left to sports and stuff so it's like it never got to a point to where i like would hurt or wanted to hurt myself or anything it was just like a lot weighing down on me like you're you're really nothing right now you need to figure something out like a constant pressure on myself like um but in the end like I said, I always figured it out. I always knew I would. I just didn't have something to like mm. kind of step my Yeah, you, could, you couldn't, there was nothing to, there was no um, purchase. There was nothing to grip onto. Like it was just, yeah. Like literally nothing. I'd mm. watch TV. I'm like, what's next? Like, do I get a job? There nothing. There is, yeah. yeah. It was weird. If you get, if you get to a point, cause I had that where like all my friends went to college and I kind of, did and then it didn't work out and i and i had like a two or three year period where i i was waiting to go back as a mature student like when because it was it's free here if you go back when you're 24 
it's free um so i was waiting and there was just this yeah just like i i didn't have the sport thing i didn't have that side of things mm-hmm. but i had like so i went to like boarding school so like everything was really structured and really regimented and really like you're up at this time and you eat at this time and you go it's a bit like um institutionalized kind of so then when that's taken away and i had the freedom i was like 17 and i had the freedom of like wait we don't have to go we don't have to go to class we can just not go i was like this is insane why why are you all leaving like um so yeah i i really just shit the bed with college the first time um and then there was yeah there was just this dead period i was watching my friends qualify i was watching them get jobs i was watching them like settle down and stuff and i had nothing to offer anybody like i had no you know there was just nothing i just had no positive baggage (laughs) to bring to anything like um but yeah it's that feeling of just just to kind of everything's just kind of slippy like there's nothing to grasp on it's you know it's like i don't know like you see people doing tough mother or um hell and back and those kind of things and just sliding down ramps it just feels like that where it's just you can't get to the top like there's no you just need a grip a foothold or something yes 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 um so invictus was your foothold that's that's great yeah um how long into it did you move to the competitors class um so i joined the competitor sorry there's another thing there that you said so what you said originally I went in and used my free week and then I went away again. I was full sure you're going to say, and I came back with a fake mustache and I, <laughs> and I got another free week and yeah. another free. <laughs> I got a different ID the next week. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's funny. So I, I went I, about three to four months in the group classes, just like constantly every day, like showing up. Um, yeah. I would say closer to three, not four. So three months. And then, were you working? I was working. And this is funny. So you know how I was telling you I was trying to get my cert and stuff for personal training? Yeah. The gym that that it's a beautiful gym. It overlooks the bay and the ocean here in San Diego. My friend had taken me in college and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try to personal train at this gym. So I went to the gym and the guy's like, hey, we don't have any openings. And like we've had uh, we've had uh, our coaches here for like 15 plus years. So we don't plan on looking for anyone new. Uh, Things have been running pretty smoothly. And at that time, I still didn't have my cert. Um, So I was like, hey, you know what? Like, just give me any job. Give me the the lowest job. I'll try to work my way up or I'll, I'll just like show you that I'm capable of doing this job. So he's like, okay, like I said, we don't have any openings, but I can try to make this, uh, this new opening where it's like coming at 5am. It's like opening the gym, but you're staying from 5am for an eight hour shift. And you're doing like lawn, like you're doing the towels for the members, you're washing the, and you're scrubbing the toilet. It's basically like a janitor job. Mm. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure. So I took the job. So that kind of added even more to like that sitting on my couch, like, okay, I'm sitting here watching all my teammates while I'm folding towels and cleaning like dirty clothes. And like I'm a janitor. Like this is the lowest I've ever been. I have no money. I'm doing this job. Like, um, yeah. And there was always like, the, I was like, I'm going to work towards becoming a personal trainer in this position. I don't care how long it takes. So there's like this sign. I would go in at 5 a.m. just like miserable. I have to go wash these towels. And I, there's this sign. It was like, remember why you started. I would look at it every morning before I'd go into the restroom. I'm like, all right, remember. And then remember. And every single day, I would just do it over and over and over again. And so that's where I was working. 
as I kind of jumped into Invictus doing the, the, the regular class for three months. And then that was kind of like the, the whole deal. So really started from the bottom on both. Yeah. Um, you, like you mentioned that you had a short, so you started in 2019. So like 2021, 22. So you finished your third year, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're finishing your third year. Your numbers are insane. Like, so I was looking at um, the op- your open finishes. Mm-hmm. So t- was 2020 your first open then? Did you start like late 2019? I did do the open in 2019, but I think my score was like, like I couldn't even do a toaster bar. I'll send you a video where I, I literally kicked up for a toaster bar and one foot barely tapped it in 2019. I'll show you the video. That was the first open, so I couldn't even submit scores. Yeah. So that was my first like, 2020 was second, yeah. But tw- tw- so 2020, the top 2,000, like almost inside the top 1,000, like 1,100 and something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just frankly mind-boggling that to go from, because <laughs> like, the 2019, was 2019 the year where the Open was in like October? Yes, yes. And then yeah. 2020, it was in February. Yes, yeah. So in the space of like six months, you went from like, I can't do a toaster bar. Like as in, I can't do a toaster bar so badly that I've kept for three years, I've kept a video of me trying to do a toaster bar. You were at that level. And then six months later, you're top, basically top 1000. And then the next year you're like top 300. And then the year after you're top, like just outside the top 50. Like, are you like are you aware like do you know like when you hear that now are you like god that's pretty crazy or are you aware when it's happening are you like wow okay that was a significant jump and then wow that was another big jump yeah. um it was never like like wow that was a significant jump because before the season i have my goal and it's been going up every year so it's like i have it written down i could send you a, a, a picture of my notebook but so at the first open i was like okay let's get what did I get? I got two thousandth on my first one, two, or one 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 eight nine. So just outside, like, yeah. So it was like top thousand that time, and I was like, okay, I didn't get it. Next one, since I got close to a thousand, I'm gonna reach for top five hundred. Yeah. And that one, I was like, okay, top hundred. And now this next one's gonna be kind of hard, but like that's what I would do the year before, and that, that's what I would work towards. So like the entire year, I'm like, okay, I'm going for that top thousand. I'm going for that top 500. So it was like, I knew that what I was going for. So it was never like, oh, wow. Well, but where, where did you pick top thousand out of? Because again, if you can't do a toast bar six months before the open and then you're like top 1000, like most people would be like, finish all the workouts or X would be the first you, goal. You can ask one of my best friends that I, I met during uh, CrossFit. His name's Max Reynolds, but he, he laughs at my goals. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> That's 300 today. Like, we're going to do it. Like, and it's, I don't know. It's just like kind of, it's like setting those like stupid, unrealistic goals. But like, in a way, I kind of like have always believed it. Like, it it sounds so dumb to say like, oh, yeah, I'm going to snatch 350. But like, part of me thinks I can. Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. no, it's, I, I just feel like I really, really, really belong in CrossFit. And I know my progression has been like substantial over the last couple of years, but astronomical like yeah. it's not substantial doesn't cut it like but, it's like I, I like i genuinely i was looking at these being like i'm making a mistake like i'm not reading something right or i'm yeah. doing something wrong 
like I was showing it to my wife being like, are you, is this reading the same way to you as it is to me? And yeah. she was, her response, she just goes, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> she saw the number. So awesome. That's great. No, but it's cool to hear that because like, I don't expect anyone to like, you know, be like, oh yeah, Jorge's doing this, this and that. Like, it's cool to hear you say stuff like that because in my mind, it's like, everything I'm doing in CrossFit, it really feels like I belong in like what I'm supposed to be doing. Because like, if I do something incredible and people are like, how the hell did you do that stuff? Like I can remember back in elementary school when I was like running 11 laps on my own while everyone goes inside to do this and I'm just running and running. And I like, I'll think back to like previous times that like in that moment, like I thought of, so it's like, I've been doing this for my entire life. I'm just getting to showcase it now, you know, like I'm not obviously like snatching 300 and doing 20 unbroken muscle ups like back in the day. But like I can think of times where it like kind of translates over to now. Um, so oh, work, I, work ethic, basically, it's just yeah, yeah, like, it works forever. Like, for instance, in the call, the small junior college that I reached out to, they even said I wasn't developed enough to be on their team. But they said, you are the hardest working person we've ever seen because I was like I was trying to beat everyone on every single lap. I was showing up early. I was showing up like leaving late. Like, so it's like my entire life has kind of prepared me for Invictus. And I know people are seeing the glimpse of like, this guy's crushing it in three years, but they don't know that I was when uh, year I went home every single night, I forced myself to run four miles at night. Like no matter what it was, if it was 10 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, like, they don't see my entire life leading up to this. They just see the three years, um, you know. Mm. Yeah, geez, you're an impressive guy. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you you went to Waterpalooza there as well in between, so like in 2021, I think. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story. 2021 was right before the pandemic, right? Uh, yeah. It's... After 2020 was COVID. Okay, so I went to actually my first ever competition, the eight team, and that okay. was the year before the pandemic. Okay. So it was my first ever competition. Um, so I go, I show up, I'm in Miami, right? And CJ and Tino show up, like, because they have Invictus teams and stuff. And I never told them, like, I qualified on my own through with this other team. So I showed up and they're like, what are you doing here? Like, do you watch and stuff? I'm like, no, I'm competing. And CJ's like, oh, okay, like, are you doing like the RX or what are you doing? Like, no, I'm on an elite team. Like, with this, like, this person, this person. They're like, oh, we wouldn't have done that. We would have probably thrown you into like an RX and like kind of guided you up. And I'm like, like, because I didn't really understand what I was doing. Like, yeah. I show up and it's like, to this day, I say it's the most stacked field. It was like Rich with Scott Panchik. That was the year it was like a sanctional, wasn't it? Yeah, Sam. Yeah, Rich. yeah a team and and joshua alshama and everyone was on a team and i show up and there i am my first competition ever like looking left and right and rich is there and all this stuff i'm just like i don't know what i'm doing but yeah i just got kind of thrown into the fire um you did uh, did you do individual the next year then um after that no the pandemic hit and there was no competitions like uh did, so this january did you do it? no oh yeah i did do it. yeah yeah so I the went. next the next available slot we'll say yes yeah yeah, yeah. So okay did you did you enjoy uh 
your most recent experience in Miami more than the first year? Like, were you more comfortable, more settled? Definitely more comfortable because I had, like, I went to games and stuff, so I got more experience. Um, it was different, though, um, since it was my first individual comp. So Waterpalooza was, like, my first comp ever, and then it was my first individual comp ever. So it was, like... Sorry, Waterpalooza was your first, like, as in, you like, throw down, like, at home, like, in some local thing in San Diego. No, like, I'm going straight to Waterpalooza. No, Waterpalooza was my first. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like, for... <laughs> I saw CJ. He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, yeah, I fucking bet. He said, what are you doing here? I'm, I'm competing. Like, he's like, yeah, he was like, oh, we could have carpooled if we know you're coming to spectate. And you're and like, no, I'm competing. I, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm competing. Like, little did I know what I was getting into. I didn't. Like, <laughs> you were like, what's the big deal? No, and then you, then you walk out with froning. It was it was a lie. Yeah. It was, yeah. Remember, yeah. Those workouts and like, because water pollution was always heavy. Like, yeah, it was it was an experience for sure yeah my god we didn't take, um, we took like middle of the pack which was cool so yeah um in the in the games then so you qualified on a team in 2021 mm-hmm. um who else was on that team it was me jen ryan Brittany Weiss, and then we had Eric Carmody for the semifinals, but he got injured his knee, and so we had to take our backup Ryan Sauter to the games. Um, so like at what point after, say, Wadapalooza, at what point did you start becoming involved in conversations about, like, oh, we're gonna do a team, and you know, like, how, how does that come up? Like, yeah, so I didn't get. Till I didn't get picked for the team till like a month before the game or two months before the games. So is it that you did? So you did the open. You registered as like part of the team. In yeah. The open, like as in like for the gym. Exactly. And then they like whittle it down, and they're like, okay, but they wait that long. Was that was it forced that they waited that long, or was that the plan always? No, no. So the biggest thing for me and like the coaches are right on this it was experience lack of experience so they had more experienced people at invictus so it's like they're obviously gonna go with those people um and they just treat it like a like a sport like any sport you're trying to make the a team you're gonna have to go through weeks and weeks and weeks of battling each other in the gym Mm -hmm. um and then eventually they come out with the roster like hey you know what these six people are on the team these two are the alternates these four um, are going to start off uh, competing. Um, so, yeah, that's what it was up until like a month, a month and a half, maybe two before the semifinals to where um, they finally said, hey, you know what, we're going to give you the opportunity and then just kind of ran with it. Um, what are your memories of that year of 21 in the games? Did you enjoy it? Um, it was definitely a learning experience. Um, just like I- the intensity or yeah well everything um so we did really well at west coast classic um but jen ryan broke her hand um so we had to go to the games with her with a broken hand so we were just managing that mostly um and then just like the speed of the games like i've competed in i mean waterpalooza and like semifinals and stuff like that and the speed's pretty fast but like the games is a little bit more structured so it's a, a little bit quicker so that was kind of uh 
different to adjust to. Um, but I really enjoyed it all. Like I, I've everything I learned at games, all the people I met, um, and then just learning how to manage traveling and then staying for a full week and all that stuff. So I learned a lot. Um, the, uh, your most recent visit was a lot more successful, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, you were on the podium this year. Yes. Um, you finished third and I was curious about the lead up to the games um and a lot of the conversations were about say mayhem and is it riches last year and iceland and are they going to take the crown off mayhem and it was like back and forth and they're in the announcement and all that kind of stuff the open workout announcement and stuff when that's happening are you like yeah that's totally fine i don't really give a shit or are you like fuck this like why are they yeah like, why are why is nobody talking about us why is nobody talking about like oslo why is not like are you which side of the fence do you land on yeah i mean if if anybody tells you that it doesn't bother them they're lying like so i mean it does it does bother us like i mean we wanted our name to be said but in anything like in all sports we we'd like to sit back and just kind of say hey you know what we're gonna keep our head down we're gonna work we're gonna show up when we need to we like being the underdog um just showing up at games and like proving, Hey, you know what? Invictus is here, not just for this year, but for many years to come. Um, so yeah, I was pretty much how we handled the, the situation of hearing mayhem and Reykjavik and all those other teams. And what about, um, just on the year before then, if you're leading up to that, so you've had, um, you've had an interesting relationship with sport, like, you're obviously really passionate about sport. You're obviously really good at different sports, but you've had like knocks, you've had like doors closed and stuff in your face a bit with like, you know, just for different kind of reasons. And then when, when you're gearing up for the games, you get the nod of like, okay, yeah, you're, you're going. And then you have like one of your teammates gets injured and then one of like an alternate comes in and like no disrespect to the alternate, but I just mean it's so it's suboptimal for that to happen anyway. Um, and then another teammate gets injured are you just like, oh, fuck's sake? Like, you know, is, is it hard to kind of go into the games being like, woohoo, like we're at the games? Is there a party that's like, God damn, why couldn't everything just have been straightforward? Yeah, no. In those situations, my my key thing is like managing the situation. So it's never, I'm very even keel when it comes to things. I've learned that since I was a kid through coaches and stuff. Like never show emotion, never get too high, never get too low. So when we get situations like that, it's just like I tell my team like, hey, th these are the cards that are dealt. Let's play them. Hmm. If it's fine, we'll manage it. We'll get through it. Um, Britt, you'll, you might have to take more of the worm. You might have to the front, whatever it is. But that's that's where I thrive. And that's what I love. Like, I, I do love the individual side. But I like my favorite thing is like pushing my teammates and how we can manage the adversities and stuff like that. So it's like, it comes very natural to me. So when situations like that pop up, like I sit down, I analyze, and then I say, Hey, you know what, this is what we're dealt. Let's, let's figure it out. How can we figure this out? So. Uh, um, the lead up this year was a lot more straightforward though. Right. Like it was like relatively plain sailing, I guess, especially compared to that. Mm, no. Uh, <laughs> No, it wasn't because two uh, was it three weeks before the games I popped two ribs out. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 
Yeah, I popped my ribs. I was doing push press, and as I was pressing up, they popped, and it was literally like one of the worst pains I felt. I I was in bed for three days. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get up. My girlfriend would have to like pull me up off the bed. Yeah, I completely popped them out. And how, what's the fix for that? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I. So I have this awesome bodywork person. His name's Greg. He. Uh, he like I, knelt on knelt on your side or something. Yeah, no, he he popped him back in, and then I just kind of like said, you know what? Like I'm gonna sit and think on it. I'm gonna breathe into the spot. I'm gonna just try to do everything I can to maintain my fitness. Um, if it's all biking, everything with legs, and then just kind of like manage the injury and see if we can get back. If it holds my team back, that's where I jump in and I say, hey, you know what? Let's go with Holden. I don't think I can keep up. Um, but everything just played so smoothly. I was seeing Greg three, three, four times a week. I was also sitting down doing my breathing, breathing techniques into the spot and just kind of like recovering as much as I could managing everything in the gym. So it ended up working fine. Um, I don't know if you saw where I did my front squat and I yelled after, um, I could send you the video on it, but at games, I ended up front squatting four thirty. And I let go. And like I said, I'm never one to show emotion. Like I, I always even keel. But at that moment, I picked it up and I dropped it. And I just like yelled into the camera. I was like, "Woo!" And the only reason I yelled was because at that moment is when I realized, okay, you're 100% now you get to compete at the games, you know? Yeah. So that yeah, was the- just like a, a release. Yeah, because before that, I, uh, I, I didn't do any front loading or anything like that. Not even heavy back squats, nothing, because I just couldn't load the ribs. Um, yeah. So that's why I let out that emotion. I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. We can compete 100%. Let's go. That was like the, the sound of the safety reels being put down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think, well, that I know obviously like when you're standing, when you're competing at the games, you want to stand on the podium. When you're standing on the podium, you want to stand on top of the podium. But like that, moment of standing in like just being part of that group that stood on the podium at the games is that will that forever remain do you think as one of your highlights yes yeah because at that moment it finally felt like hey it didn't feel like it we knew and the entire season we said and i said like we're gonna podium we're gonna get there but that moment solidified we belong like it was like Cause that's the hardest part is like, you look at all these legends and stuff. Like you look at Rich Froning, Annie Thorstadter, all these people. And it's like, Oh man, will I ever get there? Like, yeah, you're working like, you know, they're at, at that level and it's just kind of hard to believe that you can, um, as much as you tell yourself all year long, Hey, I belong, I belong, I belong. Once you stand up there with them, it's like, okay, like we belong. There's no more excuses. Like next year when it comes and they, they have those Reykjavik and mayhem and stuff like you should be in that talk as well, like in your own head. Um, so yeah, it, it'll definitely, it definitely boosts my confidence and will last with me forever, not just in CrossFit, but just to say, Hey, you know what? These people have done this for so long, 15 plus years of rigorous work. And I was with them. I could do that in anything now. So, um, you're in Italy recently as well. Yeah. How was that? Amazing. So it was, it was like, Every time I come back, people were like, oh, hey, how does it feel to be an international pro athlete in CrossFit? And I just laughed because like, it was the first time I actually like traveled and like. Did you have to put that on your visa? Did you have to put like sports person or whatever? 
<laughs> no. So it's it's it was such a cool experience. Like I never thought when I first joined the gym that I'd be traveling to Italy to compete and enjoy my life and do and do certain things like that. Um, so it was it was really awesome to do. Um, what was another really cool experience was like I got to experience Rich outside of CrossFit. So it was like, yes, we were competing against Rich, but between every single event and stuff, we'd go back to the hotel and sit in the pool and I got to get to know him and everything he's done. And it, it felt really cool because I'm, I'm new to the sport and to just get like the stories that he went through and kind of he'd give me some advice on certain things and stuff. That was really cool to me. So great experience overall. He did baseball as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did college baseball. Okay, so at least you've got that common ground. If even yeah. if everything else falls to shit, you can be like, oh, baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pitching, yeah. right? Oof, yeah. <laughs> um, and who? That was Brittany and Jake Marconi was on your team as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So we went. Uh, so Brittany and I originally got the invite. Um, and so at the time we were we were gonna take the Invictus team, but two of our teammates that were at games with us they had a bunch of stuff to do school and work and stuff so jake's a good friend of mine i asked jake and then we also took on michelle Bazinet. Okay, um yeah so she it was supposed she's to... like south african but lives in yes, america yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly so it was us four and it was a good good dynamic good team we we had fun outside across it and we crushed the the competition too so it was how good. do you know jake so Jake came to Invictus two years ago. Uh, he came for a week through one of my uh, my. <laughs> he came for the free week. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he knew Ryan Sauter, who was my ex teammate um, from the first games, and yeah, I got to know him for a week and just kind of hung out and stuff. And then we kept in touch on social media. And then when I went individual at Waterpalooza, he was individual as well. And we just kind of talked all weekend, and we we're battling against each other um, in that mid-pack range. Um, mm. So yeah, just kind of got to know each other, and really, really liked the guy. So I decided to reach out, and I'm thankful he took it because he made it such a good experience. Yeah, Jake is—he's one of my favorites. Like, yeah, he's just—he's—he's he's such a cool guy. He's awesome. um, and so more recently, then you've qualified for Rogue um, as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? I feel great. Like I'm excited to be out there. Um, the funny, the funny story behind it was my coach right before games, like the week before we went on to the to Madison. He was like, "Hey, uh, Chandler Smith is going to be on vacation in San Diego. Um, it's around the Rogue Invitational qualifier time. If he wants somebody to do him with, would you do them with him?" And I was just like, at the time, I'm like, yeah, like it's Chandler Smith. Of course I'll do it. Um, so the games ended. And then that next day, my coach is like, hey, we got to get back. Like, you got to do those qualifiers. Chandler's going for that mini vacation. Um, and he'll be at Invictus just doing the qualifier. And, and at that time, I'm like, dude, I just got off the games. I, I don't want You have like a slice of pizza in your mouth, your med around your neck. Exactly. I'm like, I don't really want to go to to try and go because i think qualifiers are hardest the hardest thing in the season like you have to go 110 percent. you don't know what anyone's doing you just yeah. kind of so we show up and he's here and he's just um yeah from the very first workout like his energy and just him being there i was like you know what i'm gonna try to beat him like i'm gonna try to push him and qualify and just like 
So we ended up going uh, back and forth all weekend long. It was just me and him in, in a heat. So they put like the three females first, three males, and then me and Chandler against each other. Um, and so we're just going back and forth the whole weekend and ended up actually tying. We got the same points in the qualifier, 391. He, he took it because he got like a, two first places or something. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just awesome having him in the gym and just like, I really respect the, the legends in the sport and just like me getting a chance to work out with Chandler Smith was just like freaking awesome. So obviously like, um, you know, standing on the podium is a feather in your cap and it's like a pat on the back and all the other kind of idioms that you use to describe that kind of moment. But like, does it hit a bit different when your coach says, oh, there's a, there's a big athlete coming uh to the gym and we want you to go head to head with them in a qualifier to push them and you're going to be in a heat in your own like are you kind of like oh shit like this is like they're pushing like literally pushing me into the the front line here Uh, yeah in a way i mean yeah it's kind of like oh wow they're considering me to go against chandler smith but at that moment that team managing side comes out of me and i'm like hey you know what he's coming in i'm gonna give him my everything because he wants a push yeah you know, so I, I get out of that headspace of like, oh, it's Chandler Smith, like obviously stuff, but like I get out of that headspace to be able to say, Hey, you know what? It's Chandler Smith and he's trying to qualify. I'm gonna push him because he needs me to push him, you know? Yeah. So it got to that point at first and then eventually like, hey, you know what? Like you guys should just try to make this for myself. And so ended up just going as hard as I could and, and qualified. Um so you said originally you said that you went to your first coach and said, Oh, I want to go to the games, mm-hmm. but without pause, you said, I want to go to the games. I want to be on team Invictus. Now you've, you've done that. Um, you've been to the games, you've been on team Invictus and now you have qualified as an individual for like one of, if not the hardest competitions to qualify for. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, now like oh maybe i should just like go solo for a while are you like oh no i want to see if we can do better than third as a group we're going to stick together do you know like what's happening yet yeah so my goal is next year going team um and we're going to win the thing we're going to try to win on team and we're taking the same team okay Uh, and then right after that my goal is to win the crossfit games individual no matter how long it takes so those are my yeah that's cool um that's really cool and like say with rogue then um obviously um you know everyone goes into every competition with i'm going to give my best i'm going to do whatever but like considering it's your first time on like that sort of scale and stage are you like being there and not making a fool of myself is a big win or are you like oh i'm if i can like if everything goes right here, I could be like fifth or I could be top, whatever. Like, have you got those kind of goals for it? Yeah. So, yeah. So my goal for it is actually, I told my coach is top six. So that's, that's the number one goal. Um, but like in anything, like there's always that anxiety of like, Oh yeah, don't make a fool of yourself and stuff. And like, it, it could be with this kind of um, competition or even like a workout in the gym. Like there's yeah. always anxiety of like, don't make a fool of yourself, stuff like that. Um, and it always happens. It's inevitable. So the the thing that I kind of go back on is like, hey, you know what, like when I'm in that position right before the buzzer goes off and I'm feeling the anxiety and like the anxiety I'm feeling going to rogue and stuff, it's just like, 
you've done this before. Like you've, I can sit back and say, Hey, you know what? I, I went against Chandler. I beat him in a couple workouts. I went against Rich Froning. I beat him in a couple workouts. So I just kind of go back in the past and just say, Hey, you've been in these situations before. And this is just your anxiety telling you like, Hey, like, don't make a fool of yourself. If you make a fool of yourself or like you said, I've had many doors closed and stuff. It's what's supposed to happen. You can't, you know, stop it. Mm. Just kind of those. Um, with your team then, how, like how, uh, when did you decide, okay, I want to go team again and I want to go, uh, we're going to go with the same team. Was that like, say during the season last year? Was it after the games? Was it during the games? Like when, when do talks about that kind of stuff tend to happen? Yeah. So the first year I went to games, um, with Jen Ryan and stuff. And we took like 17th that next mm. that, Hey, we're going to podium. Like I'm going to work towards podium. Whoever wants to join, let's go this year. Same thing after games, everyone was on board. Everyone's coming back. Everyone's healthy. Everyone enjoys each other. So yeah, we just decided, Hey, we're going for that top spot next year. Like let's stay together. Uh, we got a good coaching staff right now. We got good energy at the gym. Um, so why not take advantage of it? Like I could always go individual this year. Let's say I go individual this year. I, we won't have this opportunity to go team. Um, cause like everyone's in San Diego, everyone loves each other. Like it's just a good, good time to take advantage of something like that. So did you get on like all year? Cause it's kind of intense. Like it's a weird scenario to be in where you're, you're beholden to everyone else and you have to hold up your end of the bargain, but then you like, they have to do it as well. And there's that thing of like, um, like you really have to trust each other to be doing the work because yeah. if you anyway doubt anyone and you see something, I don't know, you see them put, even like putting a fucking picture of a, a t takeout on Instagram or something. You're like, motherfucker, we're so, you know, like it's hard not to kind of look into things like that. What it was your, was your team dynamic devoid of that kind of thing? Or was there just trust from the start or, yeah, no, we, this is why I say hey, this is like the time to take advantage of it because the, the three teammates I have, like everyone is in line. Like, um, we all don't really drink. We don't, I mean, we all don't drink alcohol. Like I've been sober for two years. We, I don't drink caffeine. My teammates hardly drink caffeine. Like, it's just like, we're all like in line with each other and we all know the overall goal. And then the entire year, I mean, obviously you do get annoyed here and there every once in a while, like brother and sister type thing. Like, um, but we understand what buttons to push, what not to push, when to mm. stay to get each other. So like the biggest thing is like, we know each other very well. Um, we work together very well and like, we just know how to manage each other. So. Mm. Yeah, two of those things stood out. We don't drink alcohol and we don't drink coffee. Straight away, I was thinking, Josh Hoshama definitely drinks coffee and he fucking drinks Guinness. <laughs> I was going to say that, but he did cut it out before. Yeah, yeah. And that was without us saying, hey, you know what? You need to stop this. Like, he got yeah, it. you need to put away that fucking surge machine <laughs> and you need, to, you need to just stop. Yeah. You need to start filling those pint glasses with water. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's he's a good guy. I like him. I've had him on the show. He's good. He's good fun. Um. So what else then? You've got Rogue coming up. Anything yeah. else between now and the Open? So we have. I have Rogue, and then I'm actually going to Vegas to do the Zellos games. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'll be going there right after. Um, I just really support everything Jared's doing and stuff. Um, and then we're actually going to go team for Wadapalooza, which we want to win that. It's me, who's, who's we, yeah. me Josh, um, and Sam Dancer. Wow, okay. 
Yeah. So Sam has that bicep. Bicep. Yeah. Yeah. He has it going on and stuff, but he keeps like saying, Hey, he'll be ready and stuff. But we're, we're just managing it. Like if didn't he last year, didn't he, wasn't he on the Smith brothers team last year or something? Yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is he in, does he, cause he doesn't live in San Diego. Does he, does he no. travel there? Yeah. He travels here a bunch and it, throughout the season. So like when the season starts, he'll come for like six months, like he'll five, yeah. like he'll end up doing it. But right now he's dealing with that bicep thing back home. Um, like I said, we're just managing it and there's no pressure. Like if he end up can't, I'd rather him not jump in and we'll end up trying to find somebody. Um, mm-hmm. but now he's, he says he's going to be ready. And I mean, I don't really doubt Sam cause he's a beast. Um, yeah, I'll be in Miami if you're awesome. stuck. So if, if Sam can't do it, yeah. um, oh. <laughs> yeah, actually maybe ask star star would probably be a better bet. Ask his kid <laughs> instead. <laughs> don't, don't actually don't even broach it with me. Um, yeah, look, we'll finish with a quick fire. Um, I don't want to keep you too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really impressed with you, man. I have to say, you're. I'm really impressed. Um, so these are all either or. Um, so burpee or thruster. Burpee. Uh, deadlift or squat. Squat. A, a dumbbell or barbell. Mm, barbell. Uh, run or bike run uh row or ski ski team or individual team um look it's been absolutely fantastic to get to talk to you um you just you have a like a genuinely a criminally low social media following um i think <laughs> it's it's bizarre that you're not um, like a household name already i think you're you know you're you're the journey that you've been on is something that I think a lot of people have circled and have, you know, a lot of people can empathize with, I think the, the, the darker days that you've had, I suppose. And it's great to see you coming through them. And like, you're just, I know you say that there's a lot of work done in the dark and we're only seeing a little bit in the light, but fucking hell, it's astronomical. Your uh, improvements are just insane. I'm really excited to see what you do in, in uh, at Rogue and Wallapalooza and then next year um just good luck with everything it's been it's been a pleasure getting to talk to you yeah thank you so much and it was honestly great like I like I said I'm always so even keel I never like to or not not like to open up but I just never really do so it was good to finally like get some of that story uh cleared up and stuff so thank you for that opportunity and then in Miami if I, like hopefully I get to meet you in person and stuff and kind of talk out there so yeah, well, when Sam's injured, I'll just step in. I'll wear his little uh, yeah. wife, his little wife runs his budgie smugglers <laughs> and his flip-flops and I'll jump in. Go on the uh, roster as our alternate then. Yeah, please, God, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how did he die? Well, funny story. <laughs>